Hi everyone, I'm Jocelyn and I am grateful you're here. You're listening to the Starting with Gratitude podcast. This is a safe space intended to host meaningful conversations exploring all topics of the human experience. Every conversation starts with gratitude and remains rooted in gratitude. After you listen, make sure to join the community by subscribing and sharing. I am so happy you have joined us. Hello, Kat. Hello. Thank you for inviting me to be on the show today. I'm so happy to be here. I'm really happy to have you and have this conversation with you. I stumbled upon your page and your space and your being through just mutual connections. And I just love how just honest you are about your journey and sharing it. It seems like with the intention to like create resonance and relatability for others. And I can relate to that too. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you. (laughs) So thank you for being here. Before we get started, I'm going to have you share with us what it is that you feel grateful for. These days, I think we're all going through a lot and I've kind of tried to simplify the things that I'm grateful for, uh, especially as I see that there's so many people who don't have the basics of, of care accessible. So I'm grateful for my breath. I'm grateful for my super loving partnership. I'm grateful for my family, biological and chosen, for my body, for my voice, for my ability to even use my voice, Mm. for my community and for my imagination. Yeah. It's getting me through. Yeah. How do you feel like, let's expand on that a little bit with your imagination. Like how, how do you feel it's contributing to your well-being? So I recently read this book called Emergent Strategy by Adrienne Marie Brown, probably like, I don't know, like four weeks ago at this point. And she really reminded me about the concept of futurism and how we are able to use our imagination to imagine a better future for ourselves and how that is a practice. That's a a wellness practice and how having faith in the fact that we have a say in the future or that we can imagine a future for ourselves that is different than what we're experiencing now has been uh, a really grounding practice again. And I didn't even have that concept clarified for me up until reading that book. And so my imagination is now a tool for me to imagine a new future and leaning into folks who are doing that too has allowed me to recontextualize what my life is going to look like because I do have a say but I have to imagine it first and I have to believe that it is possible first. And so that's the context that, that my imagination has been coming into, into light, I guess. Yeah. I love that. That book sounds really good. I've been like super into reading, like even more so recently for some reason. So I'm excited to add that to the list because it sounds like, yeah, it, it gave you this like different, really, um, almost, I guess, enlightening perspective on your imagination. Yeah. What are you currently, like, what did that book spark within you regarding your imagination? Like, what are you imagining for your future at this time? Well, I think naturally I kind of 
view the future through a collective lens, like individualistic tendencies that I have kind of inherited by living in this society have not been nourishing to me. And I don't really think about things in the context of cat. Like I just try, I always think about we, like, what can I do for us? And how can we do this and that? And that to me has always been a better fit for how I view my life. And so that whole book is all about coming together and figuring out ways where we can use emergent strategies, which is really just like thinking about small ways that we can affect change and, and just like thinking about what I can control and what I can do and believing that small actions do add up and that maybe right now I don't have an answer to something, but if I think about it, if I meditate on it, if I commune enough with folks and I'm inspired enough, then maybe I'll come up with an idea that even if it's a micro idea, I can implement it and it can do something Mm -hmm. and that that's enough. And that if enough of us do those small little things then eventually we will come up with a better solution to how we can live together in this ever evolving planet. And so that's, yeah, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Yeah. What are some of the like small changes that you're currently implementing? So I'm, I'm kind of in flux right now. I'm like in a new city, I'm moving to a new apartment. I'm kind of feeling a bit not too grounded because there's so much changing around me, but a lot of the change that I feel like I'm implementing now is through goddess council. It's like, I have an idea for an event. We can activate that event. Uh, somebody mentioned something, I sit with it and I'm like, okay, let's offer this programming or let's offer this conversation or let's ask this question. And so lately change has just been looking like asking pointed questions to just get people around me to start thinking about something that I don't think we talk enough about so that that can just get their gears going. And maybe the conversation is expanded on within the, within the space or it's expanded on offline with their family members or with people that are their roommates or their partners or whatever. I just feel like that's part of my role is just to ask the questions that are really heart centered and that are not easy, but point to something that we all are struggling with in some way or that we want more clarity around. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it looks like for me at this very moment. And I do think that that's probably how it's going to look like for me for the rest of my life on top of action and on top of building and designing a life for myself that is rooted in the things that I care about. But yeah, at this very moment, it's really, really just honing into the fact that I have a lot of questions and that I need to share those questions. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of conversations are currently really calling to you at this time that just like feel important, but also just feel very like heart centered and nourishing? Well, I mean, today we had a journaling session in GC that, well, we had two, but both of them were just raw. And the questions I asked were really like, how's your heart feeling? What can you do to make your life 10%? What can you do to make today 10% better? And that's for you or for someone else. And then also like, what is your prayer for humanity? And just, first of all, acknowledging, like, how do we feel? Like, how do we actually feel? Not how we feel like we should tell people we feel. Like, what is the truth about behind how we're actually feeling? Even if that looks really messy. 
mm-hmm. so that we can sit with that truth because there's so much bypassing and there's almost also an expectation that we can't really talk about how we feel in the workplace or in some family settings. We can't really be honest about what we're struggling with because we're told that it, it's not that serious or why are we thinking about that or whatever? Like, let's just get down to the basics of like actually acknowledging the truth of how we're experiencing life right now. Then how do we offer a bit of a solution to making our lives better? Because I've also understood that putting a lot of pressure to fix something right away is not helpful. So it's like 10%, like just a little bit better. What can we do today to make it a little bit better so that we can offer ourselves some solution for that day? And then the other thing is just acknowledging that our world is suffering and that as a collective, we're suffering. And like, what do we want for ourselves? What do we want for ourselves in community? What what are we praying for? And then that opened up conversation around the weight that our generation is feeling around like fixing this, this, mm-hmm. this crazy world that we've inherited and sitting with how unfair it feels because there's so much that we're dealing with that we didn't do, mm-hmm. but we're the ones that have to figure it out because yeah. there's so much on the line. And just sitting with the anger and the pain that comes with that acknowledgement. And at some point we're going to have to move out of anger and just move into figuring it out. But I think there's a phase of just acknowledging that we haven't fully committed to Mm -hmm. because we have our day-to-day life that we have to navigate. We have all of these other things that we're dealing with to now acknowledge another thing that is stressful. I think a lot of people bypass that, but it would, we would be remiss to like not acknowledge that that is a pressure that is just like always lingering around And so I just felt like we needed a point to it. We needed to talk to, we needed to talk about it. And, and so that's one of the conversations and, and just really sitting with like, how do we remain well during all of this? What, what does wellness even look like to us right now? Mm -hmm. And, and just having that conversation and also Mm -hmm. acknowledging the ways that we have been sabotaging ourselves as a way to cope with the stress of it all. Yeah. Which is not pleasant to acknowledge or openly admit. But yeah, a lot of us have leaned into some pretty toxic habits to numb ourselves or to just try our best to make it through another day. And that's kind of how it unfolded today for us during our journaling session. Yeah. So not not a not conversations that are necessarily attached to many solutions, but just conversations that acknowledge what the truth of the situation is. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to acknowledge that even though those kinds of conversations that are centered around acknowledgement and truth of like how it is that we're feeling, like even though they may not lead to like sudden solutions or clear solutions, it does lead you on the path to finding that solution because it's the root of things. And really accepting how I feel and really accepting the truth is something that has been so big for me lately. Awareness of how it is that we're feeling and not suppressing it is like, even though it might arise some hurt or pain or grief or anxiety if we don't acknowledge that if we don't allow ourselves to feel that if we don't accept the truth of how we're feeling we're just going to suppress it and it's just gonna build on and become a blockage and so I love that you're holding space for that and that that was like a focus that you all held in that journaling space because 
really allowing ourselves to feel what we're feeling and being honest about that is so important. Yeah, absolutely. It's the, it's like the, the premise of everything. And I think what we're craving more than anything is just to know what the truth is. So we know what we're up against. Mm -hmm. There's been so much bypassing. There's been so much propaganda. There's been so much confusion around like, what is, what are we even looking at? Mm -hmm. And then over the past, I mean, almost close to two years at this point, since the pandemic started, it's like so much unraveling, so much Mm -hmm. unraveling behind like what just so much has been exposed. Things that we didn't know were so bad were bad. All of these societal issues that were already there, that we were like able to escape through our everyday life, all of it was exposed. All Mm -hmm. of the things that are not functioning are now revealed. And so that's part of the stress because so much truth has been revealed at once. But at least now we know Mm -hmm. what we're up against. And now we, uh, as we start to figure out a way to come out of this collective like heightened stress at some point it's not happening right now but whenever that does happen we'll be able to point to this time and be like we know what we're up against now we saw that this happened we know that this is the truth what are the policies what are the things that we're gonna we're gonna do to change that and if and if everything hadn't happened if the pandemic hadn't happened if there hadn't been so much collective suffering I don't know how much longer we would have gone on with the status quo, with people struggling in with, with the level of like invisibility because nobody was even looking that way. And so that is the other side of the coin that I feel like sometimes gives me some semblance of like, oh, this is happening for a reason mm-hmm. to some level. But then the other part of me is like, wow, so much of this could have been avoided. And I can't believe we're even having to do this. And And I think that's partly what we're all kind of talking about in GC as a collective is just like this shock and this disappointment that we're not feeling like we can openly admit in most spaces, Mm -hmm. but still is in there and is still affecting our day-to-day lives and, and our outlook on the future. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you made that correlation because I'm sure. And now that I'm talking to you about this, like it's affirmed to me that I'm not the only one who like all I want right now, like all I really truly desire is what is real and what is true. Like that is all I want and I honor it so much and I value it so much in like other people in my communities and who I'm surrounded with, what I'm surrounded by and what I engage with. And it really is a, a direct correlation to all that is unfolding in the world. So I love that you made that correlation. And I think it is also important to acknowledge that it is going to take time. Like, I think you're so right that it's our generation that is taking on this responsibility to be the solution or to come up with the solution for future generations, you know, and we have to remind ourselves that, you know, I think we're also a generation of like instant gratification Mm -hmm. and wanting to solve things like do the quick fix and just, that's why there's so much bypassing. So we have to remind ourselves like, all right, we have to dismantle that almost like within us and within our generation and accept like, this is going to take time. We have to journey with grace and 
just be honest with ourselves along the way. Yeah, absolutely. We have to remember like the problems that we're confronted with now took decades, if not centuries to get to this point. Mm -hmm. And I know the pressure is on us to figure it out, but like we have to, we haven't even fully uncovered like everything yet. And so we're still in that process. And so there is like a tricky balance here where we're, we do have to sit with it and we have to grieve it and we have to be angry and we have to be upset. And then at some point we also have to shift into like, what are we supposed to do? Uh, something I always say in GC is like in moments where I, I feel helpless and I feel super confused about why reality is reality. Mm-hmm. I tell myself that there is a reason why all of us incarnated at this time. Like there's a reason I'm 28 years old and not in my like, 80s right now like there's something that I'm supposed to offer this future there's something that like my friends and that everybody my generation can offer for this time if I truly believe that there's like a divine order to things and if I truly believe in all of that then I I tell myself that Mm -hmm. and sometimes it helps (laughs) sometimes I'm like no that's not true but (laughs) most times I'm like yeah, there's something that each of us is blessed with that when we came here, there's something that we, that only we can alchemize as a solution or an offering to this, um, to this reality that will make it better. And that will protect us from repeating some things again. Yeah, for sure. When I was little, (laughs) like, when people would ask like what it is that I wanted to do or when I'd like ponder on that, like I honestly, like I wanted to save the world. Like I, (laughs) I, I was becoming aware of like all the needs and like what was going on in the world and homelessness and, and animal abuse and the environment and plastic. And I just wanted to save the world and I wanted to be able to do everything at once. And then when I became overwhelmed with, the fact that I can't do all of that. I like kind of, you know, and also with like societal programming and getting older and like starting to feel voiceless and powerless and like things are not as possible as like you thought they were when you were a child. I started to like accept that, you know, I can't save the world. But then as I've, you know, come into my self-realization and and really stepped into like my power and curiosity and and allowing myself to get as existential and my awakening, all of that stuff, I realized that to what you just mentioned, like it is, I believe, in us simply being our most authentic selves, our true selves, where we are making that powerful difference in the world. Because we are, like all of us are gifted with a gift that contributes goodness to the world. Like I do feel like we are all here to contribute to our communities, to contribute to our families, to our friends, to the people around us, to the planet. And we become most powerful in contributing that goodness in making that difference by being ourselves by figuring out what that gift is so i totally agree with you on that like that does give me also a sense of peace where it's like all right as long as i'm doing like what i truly believe i am meant to do here and it's intended to 
contribute this goodness to the world. It's intended to create this community, to create this resonance, whatever the case may be, you know, for whatever it is that you do, like that is your power. That is your voice. That is your difference. That is your contribution. So I like that you brought that up, that that's what helps you. Yeah. Yeah, How would you, yeah. How would you describe this current season in your life? This season is kinder than any of the seasons I've had up until now since the pandemic started. I feel like this is a season where getting a little bit of a chance to breathe on my own micro journey, you know, obviously everything happening in the in the larger world around me is is still pretty shitty. But in my world, in the things that I have been battling, I feel like I'm on the other side of a lot of things. And I'm finally able to take a deep breath in a way I haven't been able to for a very long time. And so there is a lot of hope in that. And so, yeah, it's, it's complicated because I feel I feel relief from the things that I can actually control and even just acknowledging like how I feel mentally and how my spirit feels. But then I, I just look around and I'm like, (laughs) you know, there's still so much going on. I can't feel fully relieved, but I do think that that's part of the human condition. Mm -hmm. And especially for those of us who are so plugged in something we were talking about earlier in, in GC was just how we're really not programmed or wired to, deal with this level of suffering on this kind of scale. It's just not something that we are like equipped with like biologically or mentally, like our brains are just not there. And here we are watching all of this Mm -hmm. on a phone Mm -hmm. all the time, all day. And that does something to me. It obviously does something to all of us, but it's, um, it's been hard to reckon with so many conflicting emotions I don't even know how to process them half the time, but I do know that I have been trying my very best to find some kind of practice in those moments of reprieve where I'm not super plugged into anything where I feel like all is well in this moment. And Mm -hmm. so I'm actually trying my very best to be in those moments. I'm, I'm like trying to become more mindful of my phone usage and, and the distractions that I have around me so that I can really be in my experience Mm-hmm. And so I have noticed a huge difference in my quality of life of life since doing that. And um, just becoming more intentional about just going after the things that really make me feel better. Mm-hmm. Like um, my partner and I went to Costa Rica for 10 days and we're going back for a month and kind of just doing things that A, we are privileged enough to even be able to do, but just not having this need to explain why we need this level of, of retreat. Mm -hmm. And I used to think that like, why, why am I resting? What's the point of this? Like there's people who have it harder. I have a privilege here. I should just go out and do more. And it's like, well, did you ever consider your soul is super sensitive and you are withering away because of everything that you're confronted with in your own personal life, but also in the society and you need some time to just come back to yourself. And that, that realization was very big for me. And it's, it's a very recent realization, especially having quit my job last year and like 
building a GC out full time and feeling like there are so many people who need this space. How do I make th- make this accessible? How do I create more programming? How do I do this? How do I do that? And really inadvertently sacrificing my well-being for that cause and remembering that like everybody who loves me wants me to be okay. And even if that means I can't move as quickly as I was before, that there is something that I'm I'm gaining. And if people love me, they're going to want that for me. Mm-hmm. And that the world needs me as like the most full version of myself, not the most like hyperproductive person mm-hmm. that is like partly like not even there because she's a ghost because I'm not even in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, there's There's been so much like dissociation throughout this whole experience where I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing stuff, but like, I'm not my, I'm not even there. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to be that anymore. And so that's what the season is, is uh, making sure that like I get to show up as me, like the full me, even if that means that I have to step away or if I have to say no to things or if I disappoint people because they they want more more than I can offer. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not giving that a, get, get, giving myself an exchange. Um, and that's been big, really big. Yeah. yeah. How about the the season that you just transitioned out of? How would you describe that? I feel like from what you shared with us, this is kind of the season of replenishment from what you just came out of. And it seems like the season you just transitioned out of recently was one that was like really calling you to come back home to yourself. Yeah. The season I I just transitioned out of was revelatory in many ways, like we were, like we were mentioning earlier about truths, mm-hmm. there were so many truths that were revealed to me that were so hard to wrap my head around, but they were the truth, mm-hmm. you know, super painful. And there was a lot of deep emotion that I felt surrounding, you know, unpacking generational trauma and unpacking my family's trauma and grief. Like I lost my grandfather earlier this year and his loss really, exposed a lot that was going on in my family um dealing with betrayal dealing with like leading with an open heart and understanding that like not everybody not everybody is at a place in their lives where they can reciprocate safety for me mm-hmm. and so even sitting with that and like not allowing that to taint me Mm-hmm. from being like an, an open-hearted person and mm. and just like fully acknowledging that like everybody has their own baggage and sometimes people don't mean to hurt people but they are so in their experience that they don't know how to not be that way mm-hmm. and so just sitting with all of that and then also acknowledging my own fears of the future and leaning into some really toxic habits and like having to work my way out of the the escapism and like the the things that I knew weren't good for me, but also acknowledging that there was a period of time where I just couldn't cope. Like I just couldn't really dig into what was, I was being presented with because it was just so powerful. And I was already at such a depleted state that all I could do was just look at it from afar and not like hold it and, and look at it and figure out what to do with it. Mm -hmm. And so now that I'm a, a bit more restored or a lot more restored, I'm able to start picking those things off the shelf, looking at them, acknowledging the ways that they affected me, trying to create solutions, trying to take the lessons, trying to process, talking about it, acknowledging like 
how much of uh how much of an impact they've had on me and so now I'm slowly getting there and so with that said it's like society keeps putting more on the shelf (laughs) you know it's like okay we got more for you but that's where the practices the wellness practices and like the commitment to care comes in because I have to try my very best to keep myself at a restored or mostly replenished state because um, life is just going to keep giving it. And that's the other thing too, that we talk about in GC is just, I think there was so much tension, at least for me um, for a while of just like, why is this happening to me? Like, why, 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 why? And now acknowledging that that's just part of the human experience is that life is hard. Grief is going to happen. If you love people, you're going to lose people that's just part of the cycle. Um, you want to learn and you want to evolve and you want to be, you want to be wise. Well, you're going to have to go through some things to figure out what the wisdom is to take away. You can't be wise and be seasoned and to be a nurturer without going through stuff. And so understanding that that's what comes with, with the things that I want Mm -hmm. instead of resisting all of it, Mm -hmm. that was a big one for me. And so now that I'm able to to actually accept it and not be so resistant. I feel like there's more ease in accepting what is versus the discomfort and the disappointment of, of just looking at what was inevitable. And I think that's part of the maturity that's kind of come up for me in the past two years. That's been really big for me. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I love, by the way, like how naturally you just express yourself and I don't know it just feels like it's all just kind of like flowing out of you with ease and I feel like that's just taken a lot of practice in being vulnerable and being self-aware so I love that and I just wanted to acknowledge that thank you (laughs) um but yeah that's so true like the world is the world outside of us is going to continue unfolding as it does and I love that more and more people are awakening to the fact that, okay, I need to have more control over myself, my emotions, and like really figure out what self-liberation, self-preservation looks like for me, because I need to be able to like come back to my centeredness, come back to my peace, come back to my joy, like regardless of what's going on around me. Like I need to be able to access that. And that's only going to happen if you figure out like what works for you internally. If you figure out like what is going on within you internally and um, just unpacking all of that. But it does take a season of what you just went through. And I went through that too. Like that, you know, towards the second half of last year and, and transitioning into this year, like early this year was a lot of honesty, a lot of like family stuff, a lot of like, I lost um, my grandmother, you know, a few months ago. So I can relate to a lot of what you're saying. And just like a lot of shadow work, a lot of like, it was a lot, it was a lot. And like, now it's like, like you have to go through that. You have to go through that so that you know what works for you, so that you know how you can heal, so that you know like what it is that you also are up against, you know? So 
congratulations on likewise <laughs> on going through that season and allowing yourself to go through that season, you know, because I I recently read this book called The Untethered Soul. Hmm. So good. And it just like really made it super clear for me. Like we, we really have been programmed to like, when things are uncomfortable, we just push it down or suppress it. And we think that because we're, we're doing the out of sight, out of mind thing, it's, it's solved, you know, we don't have to deal with it, but that's really counterproductive because what you're actually doing is you're holding onto it. You're suppressing it. It's still within you like within your, your energetic field, within your body. And it's only going to like keep coming up through your experiences. It's going to keep showing up and, and becoming a mirror reflection and experiences, relationships, you know, people around you. And for me, like, as we've touched on in this conversation, just really leaning into the truth, the honesty, the acceptance, the surrender of what it is that I'm feeling and where that is rooted from has been probably the biggest aspect of my self-liberation recently and my healing and arriving to the space where I can feel like I can continue to hone in on my gifts and actually offer them to the world in a way that, that comes from a place of, of um, like just not depletion or exhaustion or pain, you know, even though that's still there, it's not, it's not from a place of like avoidance. So speaking on, you know, us acknowledging this, what we're really talking about is just overall wellness. And I want to, you know, aside from this season, what's going on in the world right now and what we've been going through you've been in in the wellness space for a while you've 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 been creating communities and spaces for a while what what led you to this like where where were you then where you were like really coming into this you know i think this is like i've recently like scaled it back and started to reflect on my journey like earlier and i used to think i entered the wellness space when I moved to New York in 2017 and did all this stuff or 2018 is I think is when I moved. Yeah. 2018. But what I realized is that I was doing, I was doing it before I left. I, I was blogging. I was interviewing a lot of people in Miami, particularly women that were like shifting the culture in Miami, because I just wanted to know why they were doing what they're doing and what was inspiring them. And just like, transcribing these interviews and getting them out so that people could see how great these women were. And at the time, it was just my curiosity. Like I just knew that there were so many people doing amazing things. And I came to also understand that what was, what was like making it into mainstream media wasn't really cutting it for me because it wasn't giving me the full story. And there were some people that I just kept seeing over and over that it's like, cool, they were doing great things, but what about everyone else? It can't just be these two people or these few people who are doing cool things. And so it was my curiosity and it was like this really intense feeling that I wanted people to know that I saw them. And I wanted people to know that what they were doing was important. 
even if that meant that like millions of people didn't know their names or that they weren't on the news or that they didn't have a lot of Instagram followers, like it was very important to me. And so I, I, I believe now that that is when I started to really build community in those small ways. And it was accidental. Like my first interview, oh my gosh, it was like, I brought together like five girls that I knew to a coffee shop and like, I just like interviewed them all. And then I published all of their interviews and I took some photos and then that led to one thing and led to, you know, it just kind of unfolded after that. And then I started really getting into podcasts because the podcasts were offering me a glimpse into the stories of people that I wasn't seeing in the other mediums in the more like mainstream mediums. And so started learning about all of these niche communities or these niche kind of offerings that people were, were giving and, and they were just doing it because they like leaned into their truth. And so it started to really open up my mind to what was possible. And so that is when I really, I think, started to build community or, or, or whatever. But I think in terms of being in the wellness space and kind of having tripped into it, it has all been informed by my curiosity to understand people and to like get the full scoop on who is actually in the community and not only get the perspective of people who have gotten lucky enough to have eyes on them at that time. And I think that's also because I come from a community. I mean, I'm Dominican, I'm from the Bronx and I come from people whose stories have like never really been told. And I come my, like my family, like lives in like the, you know, like the grittiest part of New York. Like nobody goes to the Bronx. I think people like Cardi and AOC and like the Bodega Boys and like, there's like a few people like now we're like, you know, really trying to put the Bronx on the map. But for a while it just wasn't like, nobody talked about the Bronx and I'm from the Bronx, but grew up in Miami and I've, I've, I've weaved in and out of a lot of different communities and would spend summers in DR in the barrio, like with people in abject poverty and like knew that I would go back to Miami to my little suburb and be like, nobody even knows about these people and they're going to relegate them to just being part of this group. But like, they're all so nuanced. And there was always something about that, that just like really bugged me out because I was just like, how is all of this happening at the same time? Like, how are these people so unaware that these people exist? And how are these people so certain that these people like don't matter? And yeah, all of that has really informed like my deep desire to figure out how to make people feel seen. And that has, I think, been the way that I have come into wellness because it's not just the meditations and the yoga and the working out and the green smoothies. Like how about just like being seen and feeling like you belong and you're a part of something and that you, you have a community, like, let's just start there. (laughs) So yeah. 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 I, I can relate to so much of what you say. Um, it's really cool when, when I like align with stories and people who like just reflect a lot within me, but I, I too am really passionate about making people feel seen. And I've, I've, asked myself, like, where is that rooted from? Do you feel like for you, you feel like you've experienced feeling not seen 
And that has contributed to you, you wanting to create that community for others. A million percent. That I can't tell you the amount of years I spent in early childhood feeling completely alone. Um, I think I remember reading in, um, what's this book called? The Wounded Healer. He talks about how we heal through our wounds. And even they have, like they say, like, your mess is your message. Like, the things that have the elements of my existence that have been the most painful, which is really isolation and feeling like I didn't belong. Um, particularly when I moved from the Bronx to Miami and I was like this black Latina in a environment that like, didn't fully understand how my existence was possible and getting questioned a lot and also being kind of pushed aside for being such a sensitive child I think people probably thought I was dramatic, but I really just felt very deep feelings and I couldn't articulate it. And also growing up in a, in an environment and in a family where like, people are just like, we just have to get through this. Like, we don't have time for this. We don't, we can't dig into what were our feelings, like trying to make ends meet. We're trying to make sure everybody gets fed and feeling really isolated in that because like my emotions weren't held and I didn't know how to hold my emotions. And so I just felt very lonely, like a lot of loneliness and um that is i think what trickles trickles into everything that i do because i whether it's conscious or unconscious i really know what it feels like to be alone and to feel invisible and not to mention that i literally have family that came before me who like informed my biology through like my dna and my everything who who experienced like the worst kind of of, 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 um, loneliness isn't even the word. It's just like literally living in societies that didn't care about them mm-hmm. because my family was so poor and so mistreated and still having family members that are elders now and seeing the manifestation of so much trauma mm-hmm. because nobody cared about them. Um, that, that, that lives in me. Uh, it lives in my body, but it also has, it also lives in what I have experienced. And I think, I had to be this person. Like sometimes I think about like, well, damn, like there's some people who just kind of had it way easier. Like what the, why the hell did I just like get, get dealt this, this deck of um, just like having such a complicated like foundation. Mm-hmm. But I think that if I hadn't been born with this really mm, tricky nuanced uh, foundation, I would not be doing the work I'm doing because I do the work that I'm doing because I know how much suffering exists. And I, I really, really, really have gotten a close look at what the impacts are of feeling invisible. Mm-hmm. And from the outside, I think that I probably did a very good job coping in my life. You know, like I was like prom queen in high school and I was like in this program and in this program. And I think I, I coped really, really well, mm-hmm. but I, I felt very lonely through all of that. Mm-hmm. super lonely because part of my coping mechanism was the shield. It was just pretending like nothing was wrong. And so I was a high functioning, like lonely kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just like threw myself into like grades and achieving and all of that. But I was so lonely inside. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of feel like I see that in people mm-hmm. because I can see through the shield because I did it. Like I know what the formula is to pretending like you're okay. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think that's really 
ultimately what goddess council has become it became a space for me I, I mean like that's what i wanted it to be but because that seed was planted and because my experience was so tied to the formation of all of this i naturally think i built a community for people who feel what i felt when i started it and who feel what i have felt throughout my whole life Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that I don't feel supported now, but I still do feel very, very, very complicated for most people. Like I yeah. feel way too much for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and because of that, I think I reserve a lot of my feelings and the podcast has been great. Like I kind of share my feelings through there. Or I used to write a lot publicly. And so that w- those are my forms of expressing and I always kind of thought, well, whoever needs to read it will find it. And whoever this isn't for won't listen or won't read it. But then I saw that some people just like randomly would be like, this is exactly what I needed to read. And I was like, huh, so you're one of the people too who feel like that. Or you, this wasn't too weird for you. Or you were feeling that too and you feel weird. But now you know you're not alone. And yeah. so it's been, um, the whole journey has just been, so mutually beneficial along the way. And I think that's why I think at this point, I feel so comfortable just like kind of just like laying it all out there because I understand that it's way bigger than me. Mm -hmm. And when I hold back from my truth, I could be preventing one person from feeling like they're seen. And that to me is Mm -hmm. a very big deal um, because I am able to put to shift out of like my own experience as first and foremost and think about the we, like I said earlier, if I can think about the we, I, I'll do anything because that that is motivating to me. Like that is always worth it. Like the we, but the me, eh, you know, what, whatever. I don't know. I can put myself on the back burner. But the moment I remember that if I don't do something, I affect somebody. Or if I do something, I affect somebody. Mm-hmm. That is that is what allows me to like get out of bed and to commit and to even be on this right now and be saying this. Like it's just always bigger than me. And so long as I'm attached to that truth, mm-hmm. then I can keep going. But if I lean too much into the ego, if I lean too much into the individualism that we are fed on a silver platter here, then, then that's when I become cynical and I'm like, what's the point? What's, Mm -hmm. you know, why do this? Why do that? And so I don't know if that answered your question. (laughs) (laughs) No, it did. Totally. It did. And I love that you're like diving deeper into it and, um, like as soon as like a question come, like would come up in my mind, like you would touch on it, like, um, you seeing the escapism, uh, uh, survival mechanism, defense mechanism, uh, tendencies within yourself, you're able to recognize it in others. And I want, I was going to touch on that, but you, you touched on it and, I'm glad that you did because that's something that, you know, I've become increasingly aware of too, especially during these times where it's like, there is a lot of, a lot coming up and we are all really being triggered and we are all going through our own transformations. And I feel like it's becoming increasingly transparent and we're kind of seeing how people cope. We're seeing like, you know, how people are, Uh, responding to conflict, responding to changes. And it's like a lot comes with all of that too. But I want to touch on, you know, you, 
you created Goddess Council when you moved to New York. And I feel like that move for you was probably like, you know, moving to a big city and, you know, like the dream and all of that. And you recently moved out of New York. Um, could you briefly share with us like what what called you to, you know, make that move? Yeah, I mean, like I touched on, I was I'm from the Bronx. I was born in the Bronx. I stayed there till I was five. And I felt like I was taken away. Like mm -hmm. my mom moved to Miami and she, and then I just had to move to Miami, but I, I didn't want to. And every summer I could go back to the Bronx. I would, because that's what felt like home. And so there was a part of me that felt like my, my, my story in New York wasn't complete because like I didn't get to decide. And so when I moved back to New York, I moved right back into my grandma's apartment. I moved into the apartment where my mom grew up, where my aunts grew up. Oh, wow. Where I was when I, as a child um, in the Bronx and in, in an apartment my grandmother has lived in for over 40 years. And I felt like I completed a lot of cycles. I, I was able to understand a lot of things my mother had told me about. I was able to see that environment as an adult and understand it for what it really was. And eventually got my own place in Brooklyn and everything was fine um, until the pandemic hit. And I realized that I needed more. Um, first of all, I think I acknowledge like that grind culture just wasn't for me. And I, I have to say a lot, I built a lot in that, in that time that I was there, but it also, it came at a cost. And the cost was that I wasn't really prioritizing myself as much as I should have, because I was always looking at the next thing that I could be doing or go here and go to this party and go to this. And the pandemic and being in quarantine made me sit with myself. And I was like, oh, what I want is like more grass. What I want is like more open space. What I need is an ability to like put my hands into the dirt. And then I moved to Austin with my with my partner, Frank, for seven months, just with the intention of us going to a place that would offer us space. So I was like hiking more and I had a garden and I was able to like re restore my my nervous system because my, I was like on 10. And so then we moved to Atlanta for his job. And I'd never thought about living here, but the moment we got here, I was like, wow, I feel very grounded. Like this is giving me hella like, like grounded energy. Like people are here with families and they're like really building out their lives and there's so much access to nature here. And I didn't really know that that was what was in store for me, but it actually has worked out for the better. And it seems like life is just easier to live. Like even like, just like the apartment we're moving into and how like the cost of that versus the cost of where we were before with less space and everything that else that came with, like with paying so much to live in an environment that like fed us in many ways, but also took a lot. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and it's like, you know, a lot of folks left New York. A lot of people were just like, I'm New York forever. And I think that this season has really just like opened us up to just, connecting with what it is that we actually need. Like, what is the truth of what I need? Mm -hmm. Not the thing that I told myself that I need or the, str the strategic move to be somewhere for access to this job or for this network or whatever. Like, what does your soul need to make the best out of this experience? Mm -hmm. And so for me, that looked like I definitely needed to leave. I had to leave. And New York will always be home in many ways because it's where I was born. It's where a lot of my family is. It's where a lot of my my family's story is um, when they immigrated to this country. But at the same time, 
I come from people who were farmers, like literally everyone before coming to the States was a farmer on both sides. And that all lives in me. And once I was able to connect with that desire that I had to grow things and to like be in touch with nature and to understand nature, I was like, I need this. I, I cannot continue to forfeit this experience in exchange for something that is not even, it doesn't even seem true anymore. Mm-hmm. Especially when we were on lockdown. It's like, what is all of this for? Why am I sacrificing all of this to just be inside all the time? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I kind of feel like I'm a bit more nomadic now. I'm I'm in Atlanta, but I'm in a bit of everywhere. I, I, I feel like I want to experience as much as I can in as many places as I can safely. And that's something I'm not really apologizing for anymore, even though obviously some people were sad that I left and my family was sad that I wasn't going to be there and stuff. But yeah, I just feel like got to just do what you got to do for your well-being. And that typically has a lot to do with your environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel, I, I love what you said. Like what, what does your soul need? Like, what is the truth of what your soul needs? Not what you think you need. Um, Cause a lot of the times what we think we need are attached to like our ego attached to like our programming, like what, you know, we, you know, um, and I feel like a lot of us are awakening to that. And I'm sure that in you moving and having to let go of what you thought you need was also like, perhaps maybe even disassociating of like figuring out, okay, you know, again, coming that you coming back to yourself, the the last thing that I want to touch on um, to kind of like bring this full circle, I feel like we touched on so much and I feel like there has been like this underlying theme of acceptance and truth and, and healing and prioritization of self. Um, But I do want to touch on your partnership if you're open to talking about that. Cause I feel like given the state of the world and all the transitions that are taking place and the pandemic hitting out of nowhere, relationships have been a huge theme in our lives. Like either I feel like relationship relationships either strengthened, you know, during this time or they like fell apart and you got to see like, all right, yeah, this is, you know, how has what's been going on, you know, this past almost two years impacted. And it looks like from the outside looking in strengthened your relationship. Yeah. I think the pandemic has like taught us that we actually really do like each other. (laughs) We say that all the time because we've spent so much time together, but yeah, it has strengthened our, strengthened our relationship and to the point of like not feeling alone in how we operate in the world. It's like, my partner is just as sensitive as I am. Like he, he is feeling things very deeply as well. And he articulates those feelings differently, but we both are bothered by the same things or we're both moved by the same things. And I think the way that we are treating each other is just so with so much more kindness too, because we've been going through such hard things. And so it's like, you know, there are some days where like he needs me more than I need him. And we've like built this like language of knowing when somebody needs to pick up a bit more than the other person, whether it's just like through chores or also just like energetically, mm-hmm. um, some, one of us will be going through something a bit more intense than the other. And it's like, yeah, we got to show up and, 
and, and be able to even understand what the signs are for that exhaustion that that person might be feeling. And yeah, it's been, it's been a blessing because I do realize that a lot of folks went the other direction. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think the premise of how we came into this relationship was so soulful. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's partly why this all kind of just became even more loving and and deeper because it's always been rooted in like the soul mm-hmm. and we've been having so many conversations about what our souls need and honoring what our souls need in each other and mm-hmm. and and um validating that it's not too much to ask for or that neither one of us is weird for needing those things and also seeing the differences in how each of us recharge or what we need to be like balanced we're very different and so it our our wellness routines don't look the same Mm -hmm. but it's like respecting that they look differently and that that's fine Mm -hmm. and not imposing anything and so that's kind of how it's all uh unfolded I feel very lucky super lucky to not have had to go through this alone but also to have had a friendship first and foremost because we're friends before anything really strengthened and I feel like I'm I was able to reveal more of myself I think because I learned more about myself Mm -hmm. but and because of that I was able to reveal more of myself and by virtue of that he is now able to 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 see me more clearly Mm -hmm. yeah vice versa yeah and I I was going to like touch on, you know, what, what you feel has contributed to um, not allowing your relationship to fall apart. But I feel like from what you mentioned and just kind of tying this all together is acceptance and truth. Like you both acknowledging your own truths, expressing it with each other and accepting it as it is. So that's very beautiful. And I'm glad that you are getting to experience that and that you've you've had that throughout what we've all been going through and what you've been going through in these seasons of life. Thank you. No pressure, but I do want to like hold space, you know, if there's anything you feel called to share that we maybe haven't touched on, but if not, that's totally fine. I think you've been pretty thorough. (laughs) Your questions have been super thoughtful, so I don't really have anything extra to share. Awesome. Um, Well, thank you so much again for exchanging this conversation with me and showing up and, and just being open to being in my space and being a part of this podcast. Um, I really admire everything that you're doing and just having this conversation with you affirms the energy that I like digitally felt from you that it's just coming from a space of like pure intention and like just really wanting to create community and help others feel seen and that's really needed right now and I know that you know that and I'm glad that you are also holding space for yourself in that process so Thank you so much for sharing all of this. (laughs) Thank you for seeing me. Um, I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you too.